Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Hello, are we on? Good evening. Hello, welcome to the Disney Brit Radio Show, live on Orlando Sky Radio. The first one of 2013. Uh, brand new year. Always an unlucky year, I reckon, 2013. Is this the year that everything bad is going to go wrong? Hopefully not. Hello, Alan. You all right? How are you doing? I'm not too bad. How are you? Well, I don't know why you sort of associated everything going wrong with me first. I don't, I don't know. I didn't choose you first because everything goes wrong. Just... It generally does so when I'm involved. <laughs> Kez, you can't laugh yet. We haven't introduced you. How dare you? <laughs> See, that's what I mean. Already started going wrong. What did I tell you? Hello, Kez. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. Have you had a good New Year? Yes, it's been great. Thanks. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about this random project about giving cakes to homeless people? I've been reading uh, about that's Facebook. That's just one of our uh, <laughs> projects. It's called the Kez Project. Now, right, okay. You laugh, but the whole idea is basically there's one person who has like this idea of uh, let's make let's do good things which inspires other people to do good things so i thought about it over christmas then right. all my friends got involved all their friends have got involved right and now we've got people all across the world doing random acts of kindness and our cool. first one was a project called baking with love right and the group of us based in london went around and based on saturday just gone yeah and we baked a load of cakes and cookies and sandwiches and things and gave them to the homeless okay that sounds cool i just it was the same image of giving a homeless person a fairy cake was in my head a little bit amusing um but i noticed you were doing it i noticed it was all on facebook and everything so i thought i must ask you about it when we're on the show and you (laughs) must tell us all about your little project that's going on so uh it's disney brit again we are live for the next hour here on orlando sky radio don't forget you can tweet us at disney brit and i've got a feeling that some of you might want to tweet about the first topic we've got coming up um we've got some uh, news and rumors to go uh, through with you also there was a massive survey done uh, about fans of Disneyland Paris, and there were some really interesting facts that sort of came out of it. So we're going to look through those as well. And if we've got a little bit of time um, at the end, then we're going to play what is going to be sort of a segment that's going to pop up every now and again, which is uh, Alan went out to Disney World uh, last year, was it? Yeah, last year. It was last and year. Uh, spent a little bit of time wandering around the parks with Jim Corcus. Uh, and we're going to be playing some of the audio that he recorded with Jim Corcus as we go around, uh, as he goes around uh, Hollywood Studios. So we'll be playing a little bit of that later as well. Before we get to any of that, um, we were tweeted this week, and when I first read it, I was like, I don't believe this is correct. Surely not. Uh, it was from Vicky MW over on Twitter, and uh, the message said, "Have you seen how much Duffy stuff is in the Disney store? It was in the one at Leeds today, and it's taking over." And I was like, "What? No, surely not." That's, that's never happening. Um, and apparently so. Duffy is now appearing in the UK Disney stores. Has anybody seen any of this? Yes. On Saturday, when I was up in London, the Covent Garden one, literally the whole front of the store is just Duffy bear in costumes. So basically Duffy has thrown up over it, the Disney store. Lo- yeah, it looked like the Duffy bear store, not the Disney store. Right. Okay. Is this a good thing? I don't have a problem with Duffy. I like Duffy. And I have a Duffy. Um, I have like Duffy from when he first came out. Oh, right, so the original Duffy. The the original Duffy that didn't exist because they've only just launched Duffy in the past couple of years, Duffy. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I I have to make it... I have to admit something. Um, And I I haven't posted this photo on Facebook because I'm quite ashamed. Um, I was in Disneyland Paris just after New Year and we we went for the weekend and um, I queued to see Duffy Bear. Yay! So I tried to see him in Disneyland, but I wasn't lucky enough. Um... Harry wanted to see it. I have to also say, Harry came. I, do you know what? Someone tweeted. <gasps> someone actually tweeted, um, is, Harry, is Harry with you? And I actually had to take a photo of him on Eurostar just to <laughs> prove, and put it up on, on Twitter just to prove that he really was with me. Um, yeah, we, we went to see Duffy Bear. I can't believe I actually queued to see Duffy. And he was late as well, which is even worse. Can you believe it? 
Um, and then afterwards, uh, Harry wanted a Duffy Bear, and mean so- me said no. No, so he had a Pluto <laughs> instead. So it's all fine. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I actually cute to see Duffy. I can't believe it. So you're quite pleased about this, Kez, are you? Well, I'm not a massive fan of all the costumes and stuff because I think it's just um, Disney's answer to build a bear, yeah, basically, well, yeah, but with a bear already built. But I'm sure for the kids it's quite cool, but annoying for the parents because costumes are expensive. I don't want Duffy in the UK. Well, it's just another Disney thing, though, isn't it? It's just another Disney product. It's but not... is this going to be another Disney thing like some of the others are where um, it's kind of not going to be explained properly? Because I, I haven't seen okay. any of it yet. When did you go in? Has it actually explained who Duffy is and what Duffy is? No, I, literally, I saw it through the doorway and we were in a hurry feeding homeless people. So oh, okay. um, <laughs> it was just at the front of the store. All it was was literally loads of Duffy bears and like big baskets and on a shelf and then all his costumes hanging down. Right. So okay. I don't think the kids are going to know who he is. They're just going to be like, well, oh, it's a I'm Disney bear thinking. that we can dress up. Is this so, yeah, going to be an, another Vinylmation thing where nobody really quite knows what it's about? It's just there. I think it'll be more well received than the Vinylmation because obviously it's a cute teddy bear and kids are going to love it and they go, oh, mum, look. And they go, oh, isn't that a sweet teddy bear? And they'll buy it for their kids. Whereas the little um, Vinylmation figures are always hidden away, whereas this was literally right in your face. And it's quite a niche thing. It's quite an adult thing to collect Vinylmation in some respects yeah, unless you true. know about the trading and stuff. Yeah, I, I give you that. Um, I don't know. I think I totally agree that the bear's going to be more sort of accepted. You know, kid, kids will go... I love go, the go fact that the bear's being accepted. You know, <laughs> like you go to build a bear and you just want a bear, don't you? Yeah, so you, you go to the Disney the store and you want anyway. loads of stuffed animals. Well, actually, as Jim Cook has corrected me, there's no stuffed animals in Disney. No. That's, that's apparently wrong. Um, <laughs> but I think Duffy, obviously, has got his backstory now. And I'm, I'm just actually looking on the... Uh, website disney store website and i don't know if you remember there was a video that was played in the um, walt disney world yes. on the guest tv yeah well that is actually on the uh, website on the disney store website the disney store yeah oh that's very so interesting you can find out a bit more information by watching the the whole backstory of the the made-up backstory so so we're saying that it's now on the the website other good thing to see uh, recently on the disney store website is um wreck it ralph has started to appear, uh, of which you must go and see in February if you've not seen it yet, which well, you probably won't see it yet, but um, it is awesome, so you have got to go and see that. It's Yeah, it's interesting. There's not that much Duffy stuff on the uh, website, but that video is indeed there. I can see it as we speak. Um, but do you know what? You I get a bargain on. costume for 12 quid. Is that it? Yeah, wow. only 12 quid for the costume. That's, oh, for That's it. really bargain. I tell you what, that's something a little bit different. Shall we play everybody the... Um, the audio so everybody who doesn't know much about Duffy let's play them what exactly Duffy is all about so we're going to be back in two minutes just listen to this and find out a little bit more about Duffy Bear Mickey is a sea captain so naturally spends a lot of time on the ocean but sometimes he gets lonely being away from Minnie for so long Minnie has a seaside workshop where she makes all sorts of crafts one day she had an idea she decided to make Mickey a teddy bear to keep him company on his long voyages. Mickey was overjoyed. This is the best going away gift ever, Mickey exclaimed, and he gave Minnie a hug. You can keep him in your duffel and take him with you wherever you go, she replied. I will, and I think I will name him Duffy, Mickey decided. After that, Mickey and Duffy were inseparable. Together they travelled all over the world and visited many new and exciting places. And of course, they made lots of friends along the way. They trekked through a jungle, rode a camel through the desert and tried all different sorts of food. Well, Mickey did, anyway. And everywhere they went, Mickey and Duffy took pictures. When Mickey got home, he told Minnie and his friends about all of his adventures with Duffy. It wasn't long before Mickey's friends began asking Minnie if they could have Duffy's too. They all wanted travel teddies who would make them feel loved and keep them company during their journeys. Once Minnie's friends had Duffy's off their own, they set off on trips with their little stuffed sidekicks. 
Pretty soon, they began sending Minnie pictures of themselves hugging Duffy from locations far and wide. Introducing Duffy. Now available in-store and online at disneystore.co.uk. Good morning, sire. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away. Change the story slightly. I don't, I don't know. Just... I think it has changed from the original because with the original bear that I had, I had a. There's like a book that came with it. That's right. And it was just Mickey. Hmm. Now, if you want to watch the video, go to DisneyStory.co.uk and just click on the find out more bit because I've just watching the video as we were playing the audio there. And you know, I, I get it, right? So Mickey gets a Duffy, a Duffy from um, Minnie, and then. Donald and Goofy and Pluto and Daisy all want when I get that. But when it was showing you pictures on the scrapbook, randomly, um, Ariel and Prince Eric have got one. <laughs> According to the video. Uh, everyone I, wants one. It's suitable for everyone. Something like that. That's what it is. Um, once Mickey's friends had Duffies of their own, basically, so, yeah, you're right, subliminally buy the bear. And Kez yeah. reckons that she's selling them on eBay. Is what no, Etsy. Etsy, what's that? It's like uh, a site where you sell uh, handcrafted things and stuff. It's very good. Go look at it. You reckon Minnie's trying to make something on the side? <laughs> and she declared this to the tax man. Why not? Right, let's do some news not. and rumours then, because uh, we've got some bits and pieces we want to share with you. And the first thing we need to share with you is um, some Disney Brit news, really, about Mouse Meets. Because people have been asking about when Mouse Meets is on, if Mouse Meets is on, what's going on. And we have some very sad news for you. And that... Um, Sadly, Mouse Meets 2013 won't be going ahead because, um, well, basically there's things that are well out of our control that we can't really do anything about. And uh, it means that we're at a point now, usually by now we've, we've sold tickets because purely people have wanted to book hotels. We've booked an, we've sort of published an itinerary and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but unfortunately, this year it's not going to happen. It's not that we haven't tried. We've tried very hard to try and get it all sorted. And suddenly it's not happening. So 2013 Mouse Meets won't be happening we hope that it will be back in 2014. So um, sad news that it's not even happening because it, it kind of, I, I love that weekend because you get to be a proper mm. Disney geek for the whole weekend. And it also means we can sing as many karaoke songs as possible. Um, <laughs> and usually somebody gets drunk and then sings Mary Poppins. Awesome. Hey, Sharon. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> She's not going to be listening, going, what is he, what is he doing? Um, so hopefully it'll be back in 2014. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We'll make sure that that kind of happens. So that was just a bit of news we wanted to share with you. If you want to know more about it, you can go over to disneybrook.com and there's a piece of news on there with the Mouse Meets 2013 announcement. Well, the biggest piece of news to come out of Disney recently is something called My Magic Plus. Um, and I've given Alan the dubious honour, because he's our tech guru, um, to kind of pick his way through this and tell us what it actually all means. So, Alan, it's over to you. I love it, Tech Guru. Yeah, that's By your way, new nickname. I, I, f- I fall down at the first hurdle. What is that? You can't so read I'll, it? I'll, I'll get down to that one in a minute. Oh, okay. Right, obviously, Disney's announced My Magic Plus, which is part of their new interactive guest experience project that they're working on. They've been, they've been sort of pushing the boundaries of the creativity and innovation to deliver the best possible experience for guests. And My Magic Plus sort of pulls together lots of this stuff. Um, for example, what they've been working on is, which you've seen in the parks, enchanted art, interactive cues. And I think that's possibly where they started off sort of trying the technology. Yeah. So what they're actually working on now is it's a wristband, which you'll be able to be tagged. They'll know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> I love you it. If you're not in by nine o'clock. If you're not yeah. in by nine o'clock, they'll come and find you. But, um, oh, I, was, I, was, I was trying to remember some of the people out of um, oh, DuckTales, but I couldn't remember the characters. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, sure they're like Burglar Pete's or something like that. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so this wristband is going to be your ticket into the park. It's going to be your room key. It's going to be your fast pass vouchers or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's going to be your photo pass card. It's going to be 
potentially your money at the resort as well. Yeah, and your room key, apparently. Part of your room key, which I think is <laughs> bizarre as well. <laughs> it's it's going to be so this. many different things, this wristband. It's also going to be a lovely white stripe across your arm yes. when you get home. <laughs> That's very true. I didn't even think of that. Which, I'd, I, I like the idea of it. You don't have to look for cards and stuff like that, but I'm not sure if it's going to work. But basically what they've, what they've now done is they've created this wristband which has got an RFID tag inside it and you're going to use it at the park entrances. You're going to brush your arm against a light-up um, really, panel. It? It's mm. a Mickey. Um, of course it's a Mickey. Um, and various different locations you'll be able to use your tag to access your fast pass entrances. But one of the main parts of this, which is what I think Disney's pushing the most, mm. is it's part of the new website and mobile app. Yeah. Now, unlike me, here's the top tip. Although the thing's called My Magic Plus, the actual website and the app is My Disney Experience. So don't bother going around the app store looking for My Magic Plus. No, My Disney Experience. I've got it on my phone. Took me 20 minutes to not find that app. <laughs> so I, I did actually download the app and it does look fantastic, although mm -hmm. I didn't actually get around to filling out all the details and registering. It does have some excellent park maps on it. And what you should be able to do with that is book um, meals, book um, fast passes. I mm -hmm. think you can book time zones in, yeah. for, for seeing the characters, for going on certain pretty, rides. I think it's pretty much everything, isn't it? Mm. And what they reckon, and what they reckon this is going to be is that you're going to be able to go to the park, and if you want to tweak your itinerary, you can do that via your mobile phone or mm -hmm. your, your app. Or your app. Uh, and there's going to be these kiosks in the park, which I believe are they going to be able to use those as well in some way? Possibly. You know, I haven't read this in lots of detail. You say, you say I'm the tech guru. I've seen some pictures. There's some words there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can book dining experience and other experiences and reserve times with your favourite attractions, shows, and more through the enhanced FastPass system, FastPass Plus. That's another thing that they're sort of rolling out. Mm. Um, linking the, all the things together is this magic white band which you're going to have across your arm when you get home. Um, and there's, there's, there's going to be lots more things that they're going to do. One of the things I actually found out about this years ago, approximately two years ago, to be honest, mm. um, was that... This pass will interact with elements in the park, a bit like what you've got with the Source of the Magic Kingdom. I remember us oh, talking yeah. about this. But potentially if you go on to Pirates of the Caribbean, now I know that's getting some interactive queuing at the moment. Mm. I hope I haven't spoiled mm -hmm. any news stories there. No, no. I haven't. Um, in theory, if you've had your photo taken on Photo Pass and you walk past a wanted poster, your photo of your face could be in that wanted poster because right. it's... That's cool. And if it's your Follows birthday and things like that, that, that something will pop up and wish you happy birthday. And mm. there's all of those elements, apparently, that it's going to be... be and characters are going to know your name and things. Yeah, things like that. Um, well, talk about characters knowing your name. Here's a freaky experience. And I don't know how they knew it. And I don't think I said his name. Harry went and met Jesse while we were in Disneyland Paris and took his um, autograph book with him. Mm -hmm. And uh, when she took the autograph book off him, she picked it up. She wrote, To Harry, uh, Love, Jesse. And they give him it back. Is his name in the front of the book? No. Oh, freaky. And I don't think I said his name. That's maybe, freaky. maybe they recognised you and knew that it was a kid that was with you. No, they recognised me and went, oh, he's got a kid with him. It's not him then. That's fine. <laughs> that was a freaky moment anyway. I just had to mention that as we were talking about knowing the names and things like that. Uh, one of the things I noticed, and I've, I've read about, I don't know whether this is definite, but apparently these magic bands that you're going to be able to get are going to be upgradable to customised bands. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, so you can like get a pretty, you can buy for an additional fee, like a princess band or a pirate's band or a Mickey band. You don't just have to have your bog standard red one or whatever it is. They're going to allow you to upgrade and make money out of you as well. It'd be good if you could get like diamante ones or ones that actually look like... Like watches rather you than... You watch. Dooney and Burke bands. They're coming next. Yeah. 
for an extra two hundred dollars. Yeah, you can get one of these. Um, something else I was reading as well said that um, guests staying at Walt Disney World Resort and annual pass holders are going to receive the Magic Band, as well as those guests who purchase a photography package. Guests who stay at a non-Disney hotel will receive an RFID-enabled ticket with features of Touch to Enter Park, Touch to Redeem, FastPass Plus, and Touch to Pay. These guests can participate in My Disney Experience and purchase a Magic Band if they wish. Oh, interesting. So, so it's open to all. It's open mm. to all by the sound of it. One, one of my things that I'm a little bit concerned about, though, mm. is that you're going to be able to use it to pay for things or potentially pay for things. Yeah, and if you lose it. Yeah. Ah, now you say that. I read somewhere recently that there seems to be a slight change in that. That the touch to pay is working, but you're now going to have to enter a pin. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Oh, that's good. Which would make sense because yeah, all it takes yeah. is for you to lose it, and someone's going to have a right old time. I think at, at the moment, if if you were paying by credit card, room yeah. card or whatever, I think it was up to fifty dollars. You didn't even have to put your pin numbers in or signatures. Because I, I remember using my father-in-law's card when we were away. Right. Yes, here that we seems, go. I think that's quite common. Like, because when we were out in California, we never had to sign or um, put pins in or anything. Here we go. All touched, all touched pay purchases on a key to the world resort ID card now require a pin code. Previously, only purchases over fifty dollars required a pin to be entered. So there we go. They've uh, they brought yeah. that in. So that's good. Uh, that's good to hear. Excellent. Right. So we'll see how that goes. They're sort of running on a limited uh, thing. Oh, that's one other thing I wanted to say very quickly. They've got these kiosks now that you can go into and you can get your FastPass Plus and you can sign up for all of that. What I'm interested in is, is this going to cause the massive queues that used to happen at Universal when they have those kiosks and you could sign up for whatever time you wanted to with those? I'd be intrigued to see whether or not mm. it's going to cause the same sort of clog as, as the last one. So is this being rolled out now? <laughs> Gradually, yeah. It'll be available to everyone by the end of 2013. It's in limited testing at the moment and they're going to start to expand it as we go. Exciting. Right, talking about... Um, entry into parks and uh, maybe RFID is going to be coming to the entry into this particular event as well Star Wars Weekends what's going on there Kez? Yep Star Wars Weekends 2013 is returning to Hollywood Studios it's going to be um, every Friday Saturday and Sunday from May 17th to June 9th and they haven't announced the guest list yet but there is a video on the official Disney blog where they talk to some of the other guests like Mm -hmm. Warwick Davis who've uh, participated in the past. And I don't. it doesn't say if they're going to stream it live, because I remember watching it last year with all the parade and the opening ceremony of it being done live. Was that an official was, Disney stream, or was that somebody who just did it? Um, I can't remember. I think there were a couple of unofficial, but I think there was an official Disney right, okay. stream as well. I think Lou Mangiello might, might have done one. Yeah, I remember he did someone one. someone else. And yeah. I think that Disney had one as well, because I remember watching like multiple okay. streams. Um we're going to have James, who is going to be your official celebrity host of Star Wars Weekends, and Ashley, who plays uh, Ahsoka Tanu in Star, uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars on TV. That's the one. And that's my favourite um, Star Wars person. That's cool. Um, but yeah, so nothing more than just the dates announced at the moment. I need to know when it's coming in. Do you want to just recap over those dates before Alan yep, says whatever? Yeah, it's going just, to be May 17th and June 9th, and it will be every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday during that time. Fab. What were you going to say, Alan? I was going to say, if, if you're booking to go from the UK over there, hmm. would would you actually specifically line up to go for Star Wars Weekends? I would. I'd love to see it, because I really, yeah. really love Star Wars. Yeah, I would. looks I... crazy busy, though. But also, <laughs> I do... I... I don't know about you, but I, I can see Star Wars Weekends really expanding this year now that Disney has full control of the franchise. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, has it always been Friday to Sunday? Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, that's how much I know about it, you see. Um, but yeah, I, I can see it getting really, really big now. You know, Disney bought the franchise. They don't have to go to Lucas and give his, you know, get his permission to do this, that, and the other. They can do what on earth they like now. So I kind of seen that this is going to expand, I would guess. Um, we're going to see things like maybe the Star Wars land coming to Disneyland Paris that they've rumoured about. So I would see there'll be a much bigger Star Wars presence. It wouldn't surprise me. You know, you think about how Harry Potter dragged everybody into Universal. I'd be surprised if they don't use the same sort of thing for, for Star yeah. Wars in, in Hollywood Studios now because they've got that sort of big franchise, I suppose, that's any second behind Harry Potter, so that'd be cool. 
Uh, right, one more piece of news for you. We're only doing limited news this week because there could have been so much we could have gone through. But this is to do with the limited time magic that they're offering for 2013. Basically, Disney are, are not having one big event, but they're having these things that they call limited time magic, where people can go and experience a particular event, attraction, or something along those lines for a limited time. And they've just announced the second limited time magic event that's going to be coming over to Epcot. It's from the 14th to the 20th of January. So we are starting, it's literally today. There's going to be a magical winter wonderland, which is going to include falling snow and a load of character opportunities in the uh, the Canada Pavilion. So you can go to the Canada Pavilion. There'll be an area down there. This is magic winter wonderland. If you are heading over there, then it's 10.30 a.m. to uh, 2.10. No, yes, that's right. And 3.05 to 5.45. Um, it does, I kind of think that Disney have kind of played down this limited time magic thing. There's not been a massive amount about it. No, I've like, I've never heard of it until obviously when we've been discussing it tonight. Yeah. So, because obviously when they do things like Year of a Million Dreams, it was everywhere. That was yeah. the branding, and you would expect that they would have done a, another branding exercise with this one. Because the first one was the the Bling in the New Year dance party. That was mm-hmm. that happened sort of thirtieth of December to the fifth of January. I think that one was. But they did announce it. They did launch it through. Uh, they had a massive sort of um, castle in the centre of Times Square. Uh, it was a three-story thing. It was made of ice. Oh, um, yeah. But that was sort of October time. We didn't really hear much about it at all. And they only announced a few of the things that are going to be happening, the sort of the Valentine's Week, the Independence Week. And they've got a Pirates one coming up as well. And they're doing something with the Golden Horseshoe Review to celebrate its anniversary and that sort of stuff. But I, I kind of feel it, it's a little bit got a little bit lost. I don't know about you, uh, you Baron. I think when it was first announced, I read into it slightly different. I thought that obviously it was... They're calling it limited time magic, but they were saying something about a Valentine's weekend thing and a um, the Independence Day thing. Yeah. But I assumed that that was just the things that already happened. No. You know, whereas it seems to be that they're doing sort of one-off quick, one-week sections. Yeah, so these are the um, ones that they sort of didn't announce. Um, it, like, like Twitter meetups and flash mobs and all that sort of stuff. I think it, it, it could get quite a bit of a buzz but for us in the UK it's potluck if you're going to be over there at yeah, night yeah. exactly right it's definitely for the US audience I think this time isn't it it's a shame really because a lot of the other stuff that they've done have been really really good we had the summer um, events that they had a couple of years ago you know Year of a Million Dreams was massive mm. Uh, but this one seems to have sort of gone by the wayside a little bit certainly if like you say it is potluck you can't because they're not pre-announcing a lot of it you just happen to see it if you're there and that's it really um, so it's a bit of a shame this year that it's not really going to help those of you going over from the UK. But uh, if you're so over there now, see it for a week. It could be worse. Um, right, that is all the news and rumours that we've got. We are going to take a very quick break and we will be back in a few seconds to continue with our Disneyland Paris survey. Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumours? then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. We have visual contact. Go, go, go. Make way for the big howdy, partners. Climb aboard. Carnivores versus pork bellies. You're on, old school. Your mission, get there. The all-new attraction, Toy Story Mania. It's 4D, which is one better than 3D. Security! Works every time. Now at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Hi everyone, this is Craig Duncan. Please come and join me for my soul show every Sunday at 9 o'clock UK, 4 p.m. Eastern. You'll only find me on Orlando Sky Radio. Come by and say hi. Orlando Sky Radio, your vacation station. This is Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy, and when I'm in Britain, I listen to the Disney Brit Podcast. You are listening 
to the Disney Brit Radio Show, live on Orlando Sky Radio. Okay, let's carry on then with uh, our look into the Disneyland Paris survey. And do you know what? I completely forgot all about this survey. Why don't you guys? Did you guys take part in it? No. No. It was a while ago, um, and I completely forgot about it. Uh, and it wasn't until we had an email from Disneyland Paris saying the results are out for the survey. I was like, what do you mean the results are out for a survey? What survey are you talking about? I have absolutely no idea. And then I had a look and I was like, oh, that survey. Mm-hmm. Right, okay, I'm with it now. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have a look through uh, this survey and see what comes up. And it'd be quite interesting. It, it's quite interesting reading with some of the things that come up on here. So uh, I don't know whether you guys have got it up, but um, they sort of looked at the profile of a particular person who goes to Disneyland Paris. And there's just some really quirky, weird things in here so let's start off with our, our profile apparently according to um disneyland paris the fans of disneyland paris 59 percent are male 41 percent are female which i was mm. surprised at i thought it might have been more female than male but apparently not 71 percent are between the age of 16 and 34 which means i only have two more years and then i can't be part of the big majority anymore i'm out i'm done um, i'm 35 this year you're 35 this year so yeah you'll be out kaz is like she's 16 or something, so she's fine. Um, The makeup of the people who visit Disneyland Paris are as follows. 45% France, which is really interesting that nearly half of the visitors of France, bearing in mind, 20 years ago when it first opened, the French boycotted it. Mm -hmm. Seems that half are French. 13% are from the UK. You've got 11% from Belgium, 10 from the Netherlands, 4% from Germany, 3 from Italy, 3 from Spain, and 11% other. Now, I'm surprised that the UK percentage is as low as that. I'll, I'll totally agree. When I saw mm. that, I, I imagined this to be near a, a third, I'd have said. Yeah, 30%. I would have thought it would be a lot more, but no, apparently we're only 2% higher than Belgium. There we go. So well, maybe, maybe it's only 13% of people who did the survey. Yes, yeah, yeah. admittedly. But um, I thought it'd be, I still thought it'd be, be higher than that. Um, the we got to... from the UK were extremely lazy. Yeah, basically, we just don't want to do it. <laughs> Guest habits. This is my, my favourite fact is in here. Guest habits. So, a passion made of memories and nostalgia. 98% of fans have visited Disneyland Paris before 2002. Oh, that's fine. Uh, 61% discovered Disneyland Paris before their 18th birthday. This amazed me. Ten visits per year in average. I wish. Wow. Now, you see, maximum three for me, and I thought I was probably overdoing it. Turns out apparently not. That On average, they found out apparently ten visits per year. Okay, really? so that's quite interesting. And then 39% share their passion with other fans in real life on or on the web. Okay? And then my, my favourite fact of the entire thing, I love this, 8% have never visited Disneyland Paris. <laughs> So why are you being said? This is Disneyland Paris fans, of which eight percent have never actually been. Brilliant. Which I like. Thirty-nine percent share their passion with other fans. Yeah. Sixty-one percent enforce it on other people that aren't fans. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I love the fact that eight percent have never visited Disneyland Paris but apparently are massive fans. That's brilliant. I love that. Uh, affinity with Disneyland Paris and the Disney brand. We've got 84% are considered experts by their entourage. Listen to that. I don't know how they've worked that out. They, what's that question? Do your friends think you're experts in Disneyland Paris? And everyone's gone, yeah. Which means there's, there's 16 people who've gone, no, nah, not really. <laughs> they just think I'm sad and they just sit, stick me in a room and let me talk for myself. 69% have never been before. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, 69% live their passion through Disneyland for Disneyland Paris through Disney movies and TV shows. I don't get that one. Uh, maybe it's YouTube. Well, yeah, I suppose. That's the only thing I can think of. And 55% have more than 20 Di- uh, Disney movies at home. That's fair enough. Yeah, like, yeah that's probably me. Um, what they like the most. This is what they like the most. 77% like the magic of the place. 59% like attractions and shows, which means there's 41% that go there and don't like the rides. <laughs> um, 40% like the atmosphere and the characters from the films. 39% like sharing and meeting other fans. And 15% like the company's backstage is as a shareholder or a cast member. Does that mean there's 15% who sneak around the back when they shouldn't be there? 
Yeah, oh, it sounds a bit like urban exploration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just like the companies backstage, to be honest. I don't like the rides. I just like hanging out by the bins behind Main Street USA. <laughs> just trying to listen yeah. out for the latest goss. I've bought £1,000 worth of shares so I can eat free croissants in the Mickey's yeah, salon. Don't even get me started on that. I walked past that and shouted at the door. I'm not allowed in there anymore. I'm not privileged enough. Have, have you actually been booted out? Yeah. <gasps> Oh dear. Well, I haven't been booted out because I didn't try and sneak in or anything. But yeah, I'm no longer a shareholder. My card's run out. Um, and it now means that I can't get in there at all. Uh, I wasn't sure how they were going to do it. It's basically, if you try it, well, they won't renew you. I, well, I haven't tried to renew it. Because I've got to pay £400 or something for it. Um, right, a, a real knowledge of other Disney resorts. Apparently 36% have already visited at least one other Disney resort worldwide. I think that's really low. 36%. Hmm. Hmm, which I thought was so what sixty four percent have never been to another resort. Call yourself a Disney fan. <laughs> I, I suppose from a UK point of view, it's it's amazing. Yeah. But I think if, for example, you're in in France and you're between the ages of sixteen and thirty four, that's true. Maybe staying longer. Yeah. yeah ten visits a year. All right, Mister Analyst. Um, yeah, and plus the French don't go anywhere unless they have to. And they've got their own Disney park now. They're going to be odious to want to go. Yeah, that was a rubbish French accent. 58% keep themselves informed of their news and developments on the web, apparently. And then it says, passion people who talk, right? They they spoke 42 times about Disneyland Paris around them in the last quarter. Um, and apparently 84% gave travel advice, 81 news rumours and secrets. Well, hang on, if 81 people declared secrets, then surely they're not secrets anymore. Because that's a lot of secret sharing. 68% opinions and thoughts about the destination and the seasons, and 27% discuss the company and or Val d'Europe. Yeah, I can imagine there being like a slow percent, small percentage on Val d'Europe. Yeah, yeah. I, it's 27%. It's not a lot. Um, 69% consider themselves collectors. Okay, and we'll go in order of the lowest to the highest. See what you think number one's going to be. 5% collect park brochures and maps. 5% collect toys. 7% photos, posters, and cards. 13% books and magazines. 13% specific character merchandise. Uh, 13% clothing. 18% collect houseware. 23% plushes. 23% media, DVD, CDs, and films. Then there's 32% decorations and just under half collectibles of pins, vinyl, mations, and spoons. <laughs> That's what it actually, actually says. Pins, vinyl mations, and spoons. I've never seen a, a, I've seen lots of pins. I've seen lots of vinyl mations. Can't say I've seen lots of spoons. No, I'm, they're quite clearly just travelling around and picking up spoons from different shops, aren't they? Yeah, uh, that's um, kleptomanism. <laughs> it's Judd's and his reserve sign. Anyway, um, if we go into information and communication, ninety-eight uh, percent use the internet for it. Eighty-five percent visit. Fan sites at least once a week. 50% visit daily. 81% have visited social medias at least once. 79% live with their passion for Disney, a passion for staying informed on Disneyland Paris, apparently. And then they've got visit rates for Facebook and stuff like that, which I'm not interested in. That's fine. Um, and then varied expectations that revolve around the acknowledgement and fidelity. What is that all about? 34% are looking in, priori- uh, in priority for special offers dedicated to fans. 33% want more information in priority. 18% wish for a fidelity program. So it's a loyalty program. Mm. Yeah. 12% want to learn more about the company and its backstages. And 4% ask for the opportunity to meet with our cast members and Imagineers. Apparently. Um, and then we just go down. Fans want to be treated as fans. They want more information on what... on Basically to fill their expe- expectations. I.e. Are you re- really building Ratatouille or do we have to announce that for you again? A more interactive and honest relation, less commercial or corporate, a more varied uh, collectible merchandise in store, uh, exclusive events geared to fans, and uh, basically I'd like to feel a lot closer, like a webcam or blog or something like that. And what they think about. Apparently 73% are satisfied with the communication from the company. Um, 79% are satisfied with the merchandise opportunities. 76% are satisfied with special events. And 68% think a dedicated fan event would be a good reason to come back to Disneyland Paris. Now, this is an interesting one. If Disneyland Paris did a dedicated fan event, would you go? Depends when it is. Well, yeah, obviously. If you could go, would you go? If I could go. Uh, 
They made it interesting enough, yeah. They had like interesting uh, guests and stuff speaking. Okay, Alan. Um. Well, yeah. They they used to do. I'm sure there was like special pin trading event weekends. Well, they still do those. The pin trading events the, still happen. Yeah. Um. Happen so you know, there's that sort of thing. But you know, they could do say once a month meet up with ex Imagineer from. Yeah, that would be cool. Whatever. You know, yeah. So you can actually do a bit of planning. Yeah. Because it, it, maybe it's not too bad for people further down south in the in the UK because obviously you can do the Eurostar. Mm-hmm. Mm. But for me, I would have to do a flight, which was then a bit of planning. Otherwise, I get charged about four hundred quid or something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> That's true. So yeah, it's if if they give you plenty of advance warning, yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. Well, um, I've since been in contact with Disneyland Paris and I have been talking to them. And they're not able to give me any information yet because it's very early stages and they said that they are working on it and they are planning, but they are currently working on a fan event for Disneyland Paris. What exactly it's going to be, when exactly it's going to be, I'm not sure of yet, but I have been assured and there has been confirmation that there is a Disneyland Paris fan event coming at some point and they are working very, very hard on it. And once they've got a little bit more information, they will hopefully, so they'll get back to me. And they're not only just looking at it being a fan event that they will run, apparently they're also looking at possibly the Disney community being involved in it as well in some way. So uh, when we've got a bit more information, it'll be interesting to see what exactly they've got, and we'll share that with you. But um, I'll keep in contact and see what happens with regards to that. So there you go. Disneyland Paris are thinking about doing a fan event, which will be cool. I'd be really, really uh, interested to mm. see what that is and be really interested in going along and taking part in it all. Just also be interested to see how they're going to do the sort of language barrier stuff, which will be quite interesting. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. I think I've maybe just read too much in at this. Would it happen to be, hypothetically, the, the first Bank Holiday weekend in May? No, it's not the first Bank Holiday weekend <laughs> in May. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. I'm not coming. I'm not doing mouse moves because I'm going to Disneyland Paris. No, uh, it's not that at all. Okay, well, that's all of the stuff that we've got there with regards to um, the Disneyland Paris survey. If you've got anything you want to share with us, do feel free to share it. You can tweet us at DisneyBrit. You can also email us, radio at DisneyBrit.com, um, and you can get us over on Facebook as well. But uh, we said we'd bring you something a little bit different, and, um, well, Alan went out to Disneyland Paris. Do you want to, Disneyland Paris, sorry, Walt Disney World. Do you want to explain a little bit about sort of how this all came about with Jim? Yeah, well, obviously, me, me and... My friend Chris and Steve, we used to do a podcast um, called Your Mouse Cast, and we got involved with um, Jim Corkus, who's a Disney historian, and we got in good contact with him, quite a good relationship, and we told him that I was heading out there in, I think it was June, and he said, oh, well, if, if you're in the area, let us know and I'll meet up with you. So we arranged to actually bought him lunch in Disney's Hollywood Studios, and he said, well, I'll take you a tour around and point out the things that nice. most people don't notice. And for me, that's the sort of thing that I love because mm. I've, I've got a couple of websites which is all about spotting the hidden details of Disney. So Jim sort of took us for a little walk. Now, the, the whole set of recordings that I've created, there was four recordings, each were an hour long. And basically, he, he pointed out all the stuff that is there now, stuff that is sort of replaced, but you can still see remnants of the details and stuff that sort of really sells the story about the areas that you're in, which, again, most people don't realise are there mm-hmm. because you just accept it as an environment. But mm. once once the things are pointed out, it all makes sense and you appreciate it a bit more, I think. So we are going to uh, go to One Man's Dream because you got the chance to go around One Man's Dream with, uh, with Jim. And uh, here we go. We're going to hand over to Alan and Jim at Walt Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, we're outside uh, Walt Disney's uh, One Man's Dream. Okay. This was only supposed to be here for one year, for the 100 years of magic in 2000, 2001. And uh, again, financially, they found that it was expensive to remove it. Right. Okay. Because it was so expensive to bring things out from California, you know, to have them packed up safely, especially Walt's office, uh, all of that, that, um, you know, it was just like, oh my gosh. And again, this is another attraction that, that that's changed. Uh, mm-hmm. About a year or so ago, Imagineers went in and simplified it. Right. Originally, you were supposed to be following along a pathway of Walt's life up along the top. You could see, um, uh, you know, what was happening in history, you know, okay. at that time in Walt's yep. life. All of that's gone now. It's all just been simplified. Some of the uh, 
uh, descriptions are gone now. Some of the uh, uh, things that were displayed are gone. Uh, but we're going to go in and we're going to take a look at it uh, in, a, in a different way. I, I thought you said we're going up this Toy Story Mania. No, I can't take you on that. You always throw up. <laughs> you always throw up on Toy Story Mania. What is it's that? a spinning bit. Okay. Now, as we come in, we notice there's a full-color picture. In fact, it's the only full-color picture in the lobby. There, there are some that are black and white. There are some that have a little sepia touch to it. This is yep. the only full-color picture. Why is that? Is it the only full-color picture that exists? No, no. Lots of full-color pictures of Walt, thank heavens. Um, I do not know. When, when did Walt Disney die? Do you know when Walt Disney died? Oh, I, do, I do, but I can't say it now. December, December 15th. 19. Pass. Oh, <laughs> half the information's there. Okay. Basically, yes, he passed away in December. This picture was taken in September of that year. It is the last photo taken of Walt at the park. And um, so he, he's, he's uh, you know, he's in pain, but he's still smiling there. And uh, in, in three, three and a half months, he'll be gone. And you notice Mickey. Notice anything unusual about Mickey? Apart from the giant big bow. And the giant big bow was part of Mickey's costume at the time because, again, they had a big bow to try and make Mickey look smaller. Right. You know, because you're trying to do the proportion. He, he looks as though he's standing up, but he does look smaller. Yes. Right. And, and, and so a, a lot of that goes. And, and the Mickey who's in there is Paul Castle. Paul right. Castle was picked uh, specifically by Walt to play Mickey at, at, at certain special events, like at Dodger Stadium and... Uh, the big, huge drum and fantasy on parade. Take a look at Mickey's hand. It's five um, fingers. Five fingers. See, and it's a glove. So costumes yep. change uh, over the, the years. At, at one time, Mickey just had regular black shoes. You know, not the big puffy yellow. So this was the last um, official photograph. It was set up by um, uh, Charles Ridgway, a publicity guy, and taken by Rene Bardot. Rene Bardot is the one took the picture of Walt walking through the castle. Oh, yes, yeah. Yes. Over there in the corner. I've never been in here before. <laughs> oh, oh, this breaks my heart. This breaks my heart. Oh. You're a big Disney fan. You have never been in the one location on Walt Disney World property devoted to the life and legacy of Walt Disney. I am shocked. I'm shocked and <laughs> I apologize. My wife pulled me to the attractions. I'm not saying this is not attraction. Obviously, it didn't attract Right, there's, you a, at all. there's a big hole getting dug here. Yeah, Quick, let's move on. Uh, well, over here, you see a little school desk, and you'll notice that they imply that that was Walt's school desk. No, it wasn't. Right. Uh, when, when this attraction uh, uh, opened, the actual desk was on display. Um, at the uh, Ronald Reagan Museum, and then it went back to Marceline, Missouri, and where it's on display now. Part of the year it's in their little hometown museum, and part of the year it's in the uh, lobby of uh, the school named after Walt. And again, it's under plexiglass. Okay. And yes, Walt had carved his uh, uh, initials in, into the desk, and I think Disney was hoping that they would get the desk, but they never did. <laughs> and so now they have this and uh, they have, uh, uh, you know, a little sign which sort of implies it's the desk. doesn't exactly say it, so you can't, you know, yeah. uh, um, you know say, oh, my gosh, Disney's lying. <laughs> but, but again, uh, some wonderful things. Uh, this, of course, is uh, Walt uh, dressed up for a little uh, act that uh, he used to do as a school kid. This is his best friend Walt Pfeiffer who ended up being a story man at the Disney studio right and um, so they were inspired by silent comedians and all that so they would do these little uh, uh, acts in uh, in those days in movie theaters and all they had little talent shows things like that to, to happen you know there's wonderful stuff in here and stuff that's it been is. taken out and you didn't even see the original oh. Oh. It, 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 it's like it is it is interesting stuff yeah but this is by the, yeah, the well, I, 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 I probably avoid a Winston Churchill museum or <laughs> all of that 
that. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you. All right. Uh, this is the model. It's been restored, but this is the original model that Walt had built uh, for Main Street at Disneyland, so he could visualize, you know, um, what uh, you know it would look like. Uh, oh, and here's a question for you. And here's a question for uh, uh, your listeners. Okay. How many buildings are on Main Street at Disneyland? And also here at Magic Kingdom, it's the exact same number of buildings. Not not in, in the little town square, not in the hub, but how many buildings are on Main Street? Do you know this answer? And looking at this model, you can tell right now how many buildings on Main Street. Uh, right, okay, so you've got the Emporium, you've got uh, Martin's Drug Company, uh, Tom's Health Food, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, uh, about a, Times that by two because there's two sides of the street. About is, it, is this where the British lost India? Is this what you're telling me? <laughs> Take a look at it. One building, two building, and then on the other side, two, two buildings. buildings. Only four buildings. There are lots of different facades, but only four buildings. And here's my Hello, hi, Catherine. It's hi, good hi, to see you. Here's my phone. Hello, how are you? Are you, are you a Disney fan? Yes. Well, he's never been in here before. And, and, and right now we're on a podcast, and uh, we've got Catherine, the much better half of Alan. Uh, the much, much better half of Alan. And uh, 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 she's going to have to go back and, and hear all these things Alan's been saying about her and yeah. Power of Terror and all of this, you know. I'm, I'm sure I didn't say anything too bad about you. Um, and I'm little... Jim, by the way. Okay. And this is Imogen. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're just hiding and giggling on the side there, and you are. It's Elizabeth. Elizabeth, it's it's nice to meet you. Yes, and and uh, my mom was uh, my mom's passed away. She was Barbara. She was born in Cardiff, Wales. So I grew up using all sorts of expressions like "loo" and "torch" and getting beat up in American schools because <laughs> they say "talk English." You know. <laughs> Hi, how are you? This is my old eldest Imogen. Are you having fun today? No. Well, I understand you're going to be eating soon here, too. Yeah. Yes, or, or, or you can follow us if you want. Basically, what we're doing for the podcast is we're pointing out some things here in the, in the museum that, you know, aren't on the de description and, and all of this so that uh, Alan can edit out my voice and he can say it so he sounds, you know, brilliant, brilliant for that to happen. So have you been enjoying yourselves down here? Yeah, what, yeah. what have you been up to today? Yeah. Ooh, the great movie ride. You just headed down this side? Yeah. Yes. Alright. Uh, all the uh, construction traffic to tie you up. Oh, and you've got a sticker. You've got a new sticker. Wow. Yes, and the weather has actually turned out to be pretty well. Before you guys came, it was raining pretty heavily. Well, Alan says you caught a, a bit of that on Thursday when you came in. Oh, look at that princess dancing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Are you dancing? Nah. Uh. <laughs> All right, yeah. Excellent. Super. Right, we'll see you in a few hours. Yeah, I'll see you in a bit. Well, actually, we'll be finished up here in, uh, what, 15 minutes? Right, okay. For, uh, no, uh, between 40 to 50 minutes, but probably less than that. Okay, well, yeah. what time is it now then? Two two it's 2 o'clock. We'll be finished by 3. We'll be finished before 3. Right, okay, well. I'll see you outside there. It was nice meeting you. Have a, have a good trip out here. See you later. See you in a bit. I had to play that bit. <laughs> Alan's little family gathering. Inside <laughs> one man's dream, 
I am cringing here. I know, that's why I played it, because I thought it was really funny. I'm, I'm sure you said you were going to edit that out. I did say I was going to edit it out, and then I thought, you know what, now I'm going to keep it in, because it's quite funny. <laughs> and we'll just embarrass him, and we'll just play it, and it'll all be fine. So I decided to keep it in and be mean and, and do it anyway. Um, that's just the very, very beginning of, of what happened with you. I think you went through the whole of One Man's Dream. You um, also went into the theatre and everything as well, didn't you? And Yes. Um, and what we will do is we'll play sort of uh, little extracts from it and we'll go through one man's dream as we uh, over the next few months and we've got there's a sunset boulevard you did with him and yes. was it a hollywood boulevard as well um i've got hollywood boulevard which i'll, I'll give you send me across there we did echo lake um, yeah around echo lake um and basically we we just skimmed over a lot of things even yeah. though even though it took an hour per section yeah and it was, again, it was just all the things that you don't normally spot. Yeah. For example, so one, one Man's Dream, you just walk around, you see the pictures, you see the few bits of words, but really you're just, you're just passing through. Well, I, I personally would have done. I would have just passed through. But because yeah. Jim was there, I spent a bit more time looking at things and he was pointing out details that you know, aren't written down the cards there. Hmm. And some of the big pictures that were on the wall looks like just a load of pictures of Walt Disney as you're walking in. Yeah. But he was explaining what those pictures were. Which, um, good man. Mm. Disney should employ him as a tour guide there. They really they should. should. Yeah, they really should. Well, can you believe it? That's the end of the show. We are really at that point uh, where we've, we've finished once again the first show of 2013. So thank you for joining us. Thank you once again, Alan, for your wonderful insight into the technology of My Magic Plus. No problem. Thank <laughs> you for my wife for joining me. <laughs> yes, we'd like to thank <laughs> the whole of Alan's family for. A little insight into, well, it was basically the British version of Modern Family. That's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kev, for joining us. Thank you. Of course, you can keep up to date with all of the latest Disney news and rumours over on DisneyBrit.com. You can also tweet us out uh, on uh, at Twitter, which is at DisneyBrit.com. We've had a, uh, a tweet from Metcalf Ryan that says, Good to have you back. Looking forward to listening to it once you get the episode up on iTunes. So there we go. That's there as well. So uh, you can get in contact with us on there. You can email, as I've said, radio at DisneyBrit.com. Anything you want to add, maybe uh, something to do with the Disneyland Paris survey. Maybe you want to get your uh, 10 pence in about um, Duffy and about whether or not you want him in the UK or not. That's completely up to you. But uh, get your emails in as well. And you can find us over on Facebook. We've got all of our... Um, Facebook fan pages and everything over there as well. Disney Brit will be back in two weeks' time. Next week is the edition, another edition of the Disney Island Discs, where we're going to be going to Disneyland Paris. We're going to be listening to Disneyland Paris music on next week's show. So if you're interested in sort of uh, what it sounds like with a bit of a, a, a European flair, then you can come over and listen to that next Monday. That's 4 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. UK time. And uh, that's pretty much it. So without any further ado, we'll see you next week. <laughs>